Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, ba da 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 you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Where's G today? Hey! Where's G? No G. Jason Bull J. Mm. G's out. Gonna be back tomorrow? Yeah, he just had a routine checkup. Awesome. That was this morning, so he is totally fine. Uh, he's back tomorrow. We knew he was going to be out all week today, so very good. He's back tomorrow. Hey, a, a lot. To, obviously, Browns uh, galore on today's show, but you wanted to get into some Stephen Vote stuff. Yeah, just for a minute because I thought we talked about it briefly the other day, and I did a podcast about it. But just a couple of quick things because I've spoken to some more people over the last couple of days and heard some more interviews with some of his former teammates, and that information combined really makes me high on this move. Whenever you hire a new manager, you never know if it's going to work out, especially if it's a guy with no managerial experience. Stephen Vogt might turn out to be a terrible manager and get fired in three years. We, we have no idea. But uh, everything I've heard about this guy, both on a one-on-one from people texting me and in interviews, I just recently heard an interview with Mark Canna, who's just got traded to the Tigers and was a teammate of his. I mean, it's through the roof. Everybody says this guy's been like waiting to do this for his entire playing career. And I just, one other thing I wanted to throw out, because I think the Guardians would benefit from a veteran experienced coach to be his bench coach. And no, I don't, as far as I know, there's been no talk yet about his coaching staff, unless anybody can correct me on that, but I, I haven't heard anything about his coaching staff. Have you guys? No, not yet. Uh, I'll, I'll just throw this out there. I, I think this is unlikely, but it could be interesting if he were willing to do it, if nobody's interested in hiring him as a manager anymore. But the first manager that Stephen Vogt played for, does anybody know who that it was? Was it Tony La Russa? No, but it's a guy at Tony La Russa's age. Joe oh, Madden. Oh, Joe. Joe oh, Madden. Wow. Yeah, Joe's out there still. And I, I think he was consulting for someone last year. Right, and I don't know. I mean, he probably still wants to be a manager, so I don't know. But yeah. hey, I'd take him in the having Joe Madden as your day. bench coach. You yeah. Know, because the trickiest thing for a new manager is handling the bullpen. To me, sure. that's the trickiest thing. Yep. And uh, But Stephen Vogt was a bullpen coach last year with the Mariners. So he's, he's got a, experience in that. And he also has experience with analytics. He's, a, uh, from what I'm told, a great balance of, of both worlds, of scouts and analytics. Anyway, I'm very high on the move. We'll see how it pans out. I am out, too. Though. I love it. Same with you. Everybody I talked to about yeah. him, glowing Loves marks. Him. Nobody Loves had him. anything even – I even asked a couple folks, anything negative? Yeah. No. Don't have anything for you on Nothing. That. Everybody likes him. Yeah. I love what you said about the mix between gut and analytic analytics. We talk all the time about how the pendulum swings. You know, the last two World Series managers are 68 and 76. Yeah. Right. And they're using a whole lot of gut. And so I do think that there is more infusion of feel into the process, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. However, the Astros, who have been to the championship series seven times in a row, have the biggest analytics department which in the league, one of the reasons, even though they had an old manager. Which is one of the reasons Dusty Baker is gone. Dusty Baker's going to manage again, from what I'm told, which oh, shocked yeah. me. I, I was, I, that I asked. Is, that is stunning. The first person that said it to me, I said, is that your guess? Is it? No. I think he's going to manage again. Yeah. He we'll didn't see. like being handcuffed with analytics. Yeah. And he wants to go somewhere where he can manage the team. 
So it'll be interesting to see yeah. if that's if that comes true or not. And quick shout oh, out I like to, Steven Vote. I think and, that's, that's and a quick, good hire. Quick shout out to Cleveland's own John Fanta, who's an up and coming young play by play guy. I don't know if you guys know him. Yeah. Uh, he do, does play by play a lot of college. He's a he big college basketball guy. Yeah. Oh, he wasn't on the show. I forgot he we had him. Nutty. We had him on. I forget now what it was. I don't. I must have not been not, here that I day. I don't think I was, was either. I don't remember him. No, he was here. He came on. Uh, we talked Cavs. We talked some Browns with him. Yeah, he was here. Some sort of Cavs hot take. Oh, okay. But anyway, he is a up-and-coming young play-by-play guy who's from Cleveland. Yeah, Jason, you got to put your mic on for crying out loud. Rookie mistake. And uh, John was calling the St. John's game yesterday, and I was, you know, interested in watching St. John's for the first time in 20 years. How'd they do? Because of Rick Pitino, they won. Yeah. I mean, they're playing Stony Brook, not a big-time program. No. But, was, but uh, was Pitino his? All right. I don't, I... Yeah, yeah, Pitino was, you know, doing his thing. Yeah. And anyway, but John did a great job on the call of the game. Good. He's really a great up-and-coming young broadcaster. He's from Cleveland, so give him a shout-out. Yeah, I like our guy. I like. We both like Ian Eagle a lot. Oh, the best. He's but the best. his kid. Is good. No, he's phenomenal too. He's like 26, 25, 26 years good. old. Just turned 26 years old. He's he amazing. Really good. He's, he's, you know, he's probably going to be, you know, the Joe Buck of the next generation. Oh yeah, he's he's a big time talent. Yeah. I couldn't even put my microphone on at 26. Jeez, I still can't put my microphone on. <laughs> What's funny is it took us five minutes into the show to realize it wasn't on. <laughs> yeah, good luck getting a word in today, Google and I. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah. Big offensive day. We're going to break down the Browns offense and the Ravens offense for Sunday's upcoming game between the uh, Browns and the Ravens. Big AFC North clash. Leroy Horde's going to be on. Looking forward to that and uh, and much, much more. We, uh, this is a new segment, right? This uh, this thing. Yeah. Is this pace sustainable? Yeah, essentially we're that? halfway through the Browns season. I kind of figured out players game by game average. Looked at the schedule. Figured, all right, this is where they're at at the midway point. Yeah. This is where I think they could be at at the end of the season. You guys tell me if I over exaggerate. I hope on the offensive side, the answer is it better be. Because when you look at some of these game averages for these key offensive pieces, you scratch your head and say, how's this team 5-3? and three? Yeah. Because what the, what the wide receivers have contributed is, you take Amari Cooper out of this mix, my goodness. I mean, well, we, the worst in the league. We talked, about, out. Oh, we talked about on Monday, I remember saying to the guys, I was like, is anybody on this defense having a bad season? And we really couldn't think of anybody. And on the somebody. opposite side, out, I could give you one guy, as you said, Amari Cooper. That's it. Like, who's having a good season? At least in terms of quarter, I, I would say David Njoku's and having Joku a fine too, season. Yeah. He's having one of his better seasons. But is anybody else really having a good season? No. I mean, who's who's going to be on the Pro Bowl from the offense? Nobody. Nobody. I mean, that's that's tough. I mean, maybe. Maybe Cooper. And no, maybe Njoku. So. But, I mean, when you look at the tight ends in the AFC, good luck with that. No, yeah. Njoku's, yeah, no. But, I mean, and, and Amari Cooper, obviously... If you ask fans around the league, hey, is Amari Cooper having a great year? They're like, I, I don't know, I, I guess. He's having a good but year. I wouldn't say he's having a year, great year. And, I mean, considering the quarterback play, he's having a very good yeah. year. Yeah, it's been crazy. We're going to discuss yeah. that yeah. coming up after Leroy. Uh, good morning to you, Mikey McNuggets. What's, What's up, guys? I can't, I can't make out that logo. Day. It's Emerson. Shout oh, out to Emerson. Very yeah, nice. repping the, uh, the Emerson hat. What's their nickname? What's their well, the Lions. mascot? The Lions. Yeah, the Lions. Pretty basic, generic logo. They actually updated. We were a shield my freshman and sophomore year, and they had this. Uh, student logo design to make oh. a lion logo. Nice. And they took all these student designs and they were awesome. And then they ended up paying like half a million dollars to a different company to do it. And this is what they came up with. It's trash. I'm still mad at them for that because the student designs are way better. But wow. that's besides the point. If you're looking to make money, just like Emerson stole money from us, you better be using FanDuel <laughs> because you can actually make money in a good way that's by education. winning tickets 
on basketball, football, baseball, hockey. You name it, you can find it on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Guys, if you have winning FanDuel tickets, send, us, uh, send them our way. We're down to our last one in the queue right now, and this one comes from ago but this was such a good winner i wanted to show it because we didn't get a chance to show it but two weeks ago our guy kyle had a five part anytime touchdown parlay mark andrews mike evans jerome ford stefan diggs and that turned two dollars into 122 dollars so hmm. shout out to him shout out to kyle and if you have a winning fan duel ticket make sure you send it our way and we'll give you some love on the airways of ucss we have to get Corey up i, I i'm pretty sure he uses fan duel he he had a 300 uh Parlay on the Browns on Sunday. Tell him to send it in. Yeah, send I'll tell him to text it over. He was very excited about it, too. Um, all right, uh, let's just dive right in. Uh, and I, I thought your starting point today was interesting because on the surface, you would say there's a rare, fairly large gap between Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. And, and that's what we're talking about. But you, you went an interesting way. Your question was, has he closed the gap? with the way he played on Sunday? Because if you would have asked this question before Sunday's game, you're like, what kind of question is that? I mean, one's playing at, you know, a Pro Bowl caliber level, and the other one has been out with injury, has been below average for most of his starts, and really good in the Tennessee game. But I think he was very good in the Arizona game by what we've seen from him so far. Has he closed that gap between the two? Jason? No, I don't think you can say that yet. Now, Here's why I think you have to be optimistic about. They were once mentioned in the same breath. Yeah, I know. Not that long ago. But his last full game, Tennessee, he was terrific. Then Indy, I think you can throw it out because yeah. clearly he wasn't ready. I thought the first half Sunday, he did not look good. No. I don't care what anybody says. He didn't look good in the first half. Second half, he looked better. So if you want to take you know, his last eight full quarters, he's pretty good in six of the eight. So for that reason, I think you can have some optimism that he's turning the corner here and starting to figure some things out. But when you're talking about, I mean, Lamar's having one of the best seasons of his career. So I still think it's a pretty wide gap. Doesn't mean the Browns can't win the game. Doesn't mean the, the, Deshaun can't go out and ball out on Sunday. But if you have to pick one quarterback for your team to play on Sunday, who are you taking? I'm taking Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's easy. Uh, it's not even close. Yeah. And he's closed. I mean, if you say he's closed the gap, it's like the other day when I said the Browns were a worse roster without DPJ because they were like, you know, 0.1% worse or 0.2% worse. I mean, that's that's how much he closed the gap. Right now, there's no comparison. I don't know that I agree that the – I mean, is, the, is Lamar Jackson statistically having his best year better than the MVP season? Well, you know what? It's tricky. I like yeah. what you said. If you watch the games, yeah. he hasn't needed to be Lamar no, Jackson right. of three years ago. No. Their run game has really come into their own. And I think because of that, Jay, they're a diff- more difficult team to play. It's not just him. Right, he's they got have better talent. Now. Well, this and the, what's his name, Zay Flowers. I mean, he's a player. He's a yeah. very good. player. I mean, Odell's not doing much, but he's taking care of the football. His nine touchdowns. They, that, that doesn't, you know, what? They How played, many rushing touchdowns? They played does he nine have? games. I think he's got five. Uh, yeah, give me one second. Yeah, I mean, but, he's not running like he was a few years ago. He's playing four hundred yards. Watching it's, them, it's sneaky. Watching yeah. them play, he's playing really, really well right now. I, yeah. I really felt like well. he was more dominant. 
the bottom line is, he's if he's not better than he was when he won the MVP, he's certainly right there. Or even if he's a pinch below, I just think he's, he's a playing at a very he's high a level. Different right now. player now that you know, he doesn't have to be Superman. No, he doesn't have to do as he's much. He's got pieces now, and I think what I really love about this team more than anything else is the the balance that we're seeing from them. They can beat you really three ways. They can beat you with their running game. They can beat you with Lamar throwing the ball, yeah. or they can beat you with. I I don't even put Lamar in with their running game. Because it's so different. Those are non-called running plays. Sure. So, when offenses get in trouble, and you can certainly throw the Browns in this category, it's when they when they take sacks, when the pockets break down, and they yeah. throw interceptions. With Baltimore and the way Lamar's playing right now, they're not doing that. He's extending plays. He's making plays. Yeah. The nine touchdowns, you're right. It's not yeah. eye-popping. No, none of game. his stats are eye-popping right now. But the three interceptions but is impressive. That is because he's had turnover issues. That's the especially key. Especially the last two years. That's been a big problem for him. He's had a lot of bad turnovers the last two years. That's not happening. And he stayed healthy, which he hasn't the last two years. Right. So we'll see how the rest of the season goes. But as of today, there's not even a discussion to be had. I can't. There's no argument for Deshaun Watson even being close to Lamar Jackson today. They have Nothing. the best record in the AFC. Yeah. Are they the team to beat in the oh. AFC? Well, and and, I, and I'll go, you know, project out. I mean, so they, at the end of the year, is this seven and two sustainable? And are they going to the Super Bowl? I I don't think they're going to. The, I wouldn't pick them to go to the Super Bowl because I don't trust them in the playoffs. Yeah. But right now, they're the best team in football. I think it's certainly the best team in the AFC. They're playing much better than Kansas City. If I'm doing, I, I you know, I, I did in my AFC power rankings for whatever that's worth. I don't even think there's a debate to Baltimore. They're tied with Kansas City at 7-2 and two in terms of record. Right. But they've played way better. Kansas City now is getting it done with defense. We haven't seen that. Yeah, I mean, their offense has been up and down. Yes. Patrick Mahomes still their quarterback? That's still my pick to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he is, but he doesn't look like Patrick yeah, Mahomes. I know, but it's still the Chiefs. And, and at some Patrick point, Mahomes. you have to wonder, when does the lack of a quality wide receiver room come into play for this team. And I feel like we're starting to see the impacts of that. I don't know. I, it's weird that their offense isn't good because they actually, this kid, this rookie, Rashi Rice, has played really well for them. He's developing into a, you know, so I, it's, I, I, I don't think I've watched them enough. I've watched them some, but not enough. Even against Miami, they scored 21 in the first half. It looked like they were going to blow Miami out. And then that they was didn't it. score in the second right. half. That was it. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. I don't know and, what's going on with them. And seven of those them, points came from the defense. I think there's a lot of teams. Well, a lot strong. I think there's a few teams that can win the Super Bowl in the AFC as of right now. I, I, the, the Ravens, even though they're the best team today, I, they wouldn't be my first choice to come out of the It's interesting either. you say that because yeah. one of the questions that we always asked about Lamar Jackson was, yeah. is this sustainable? And, and, can, and, and can it work in the playoffs? Yeah. And the answer, really, on the sustainability part is to be determined. But the playoff part, I think it's pretty clear. It really hasn't worked in the playoffs. I mean, to this point, no. To this point, it, it hasn't It doesn't worked. mean it won't ever. No, you're right. Right, John Elway, I know he plays a different game, but John Elway didn't win any Super Bowls until later in his career, right? Sure. So after going to three. Exactly. So we'll, we'll see. Now, he hasn't, he's won one playoff game, but same as Watson. I mean, he's only won one playoff game, too. So, but, but. He's had no talent around him. And Baltimore lost their number one back, too, by the way. I know. And they their have, other backs in, are good. They filled in just fine. Yeah. The Browns have not. Uh, and, and, yeah, I mean, Lamar, you got to give him a lot of credit. He is playing really great football right now. We said yesterday, and, and I'll ask you today, I, we were talking about Deshaun Watson and, and the fact that the fan base seems to be, G was saying that he thinks the fan base is overly negative. Nobody else on the panel really agreed with that. But 
the one thing that we talked about with this whole thing is I, I had brought up the point, look, you know, he, the question was, does he have to win a Super Bowl for the fan base to fall in love with him? And I, short of doing that, you got to beat Baltimore. You got to beat Pittsburgh. You can't win this division without beating Baltimore and Pittsburgh. It's just, it's impossible. You can't, it can't happen. So you can't win the Super Bowl Sunday, but this games like this is why he is here. It's why the Browns gave him 230. It's why they gave up three first round draft picks. That's right. You want to win fans over? Beat Baltimore. It felt like in past home games, to this point, people were just ready to boo. They just wanted to boo him. Well, in the first half, he was giving them reason to boo. Yeah, and not even just last week. Just throughout, Zach Jackson and I have talked about that in the press box multiple times, that they're just waiting to boo. So it's a powder keg. But, but, you know, we've talked about it before. I think people are in their divided camps. It feels like Baker all over again, where you either love the guy or you hate the guy. And I don't think there's any changing that. Like, there's no coming back from that just because of all the off-field stuff and everything that's been, that he's been through. I don't know it's the entire fan base, but there's certainly percentages but, on each side. But, you know, the frustrating thing about all of this, right, and I'm clearly someone who was in the anti-Baker camp, but if you're actually listened to what I've said over the years, there were plenty of times, I'm sure, you, same thing with you, gave Baker credit when oh, yeah. he played well. Yeah. I, I didn't just ever, because I thought Baker wasn't that good, I didn't just say he sucked even when he played well. You're going to give a guy credit when he plays well. Baker's playing decent football this yeah. year. Well, to that I point, give him credit, fine. The point is, like, this idea right now, it really pisses me off that this, that half our fan base, if you say anything bad about Watson, you're, you're the worst, you're, you're terrible, you, you're not giving him any credit. He doesn't deserve much credit right now. On the other hand, you've got to be fair if you're a, a Watson hater. That he, he gave you reason for optimism, if nothing else, in the second half of that game. I don't know that it's going to turn into anything else. He might play like crap against Baltimore. Yeah. But the sec- between Tennessee and the second half of this, this last game, there's some optimism. But again, he was doing it against the worst team in football. So yeah. I, I want to see it against Baltimore. I want to see it against Pittsburgh. He goes out and balls out the next two weeks and the Browns win, there'll be a lot of people jumping on his bandwagon. He, he has to play better Sunday than he did in the second half against Arizona. Yes, and, he and does. I think Ty was pointing this out. If you go back and look at some of those throws that he made that we think were good throws, they're getting picked against Baltimore. He threw one into triple coverage. That's going the other way. If he, if he tries to make that throw That's the difference Sunday. between Arizona and Baltimore. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of he has to be even better. Interesting. With I, I was reading some stats that caught my eye yesterday. The Browns, when they play man, and they're a heavy man defense, force the lowest QBR in the NFL. But the Ravens are number two. And that scared me because what he can't do is turn the ball over. It's really that elementary. You turn the ball over, you give a team a short field, you you cut your chances of winning that game significantly. And because the Baltimore defense has been so good, almost as good as Cleveland, when they're playing man, that gives me reason for pause. Now I'm not I'm not predicting that he can't go out uh, up there and do and, and do big things, but I'm a little nervous about it because this, like you said, this is not Arizona's defense. Well, we talked about it on Monday. If I and Baltimore is the type of defense that can do it, Amari Cooper's double covered every, play. every, every snap play. he's on the field. Yep. You bracket him with two defenders, and now what are you going to do if you're the Browns? Where are you going to go from there? And so we talk about who else can emerge and who else can fill a role on this team. Elijah Moore has to come through. Like, he he just has to come through. He's shown nothing to this point. There's going to come a point where someone yeah. like Elijah Moore or Tillman or somebody I mean, Till- else is going to have to emerge and, and win a game for them. What was stunning to us, Jason, when you and I were here Monday, was that when I, – I, well, it was stunning to me. I don't know if it was stunning to you. 
When Mike said that, that Cedric Tillman played 75% of the it snaps. It didn't feel like it. He didn't see him on, on Monday. Yeah. He was invisible. Yeah. He, he caught that one three-yard pass at the end of the game, and that was – he was. I, I don't even know if, how, how many how many targets did he have. Was that his only target? His only target, correct. I mean, that's crazy. You're on the you're a wide receiver on the field 75% of the plays, and you have one target? Jay, how are they missing this badly on wide receivers in the draft? It's, it feels like a blind spot at this point, doesn't it? Like It, it, it feels, really does. Especially with mid-round picks. And, and with mid-round picks, a lot of times, it's right around now, and when it takes him a first few weeks, a couple months to get onto the field. And like he's not a first-round pick. There's a reason he wasn't a first-round pick. But I guess the thing that I'm disappointed is, and we've talked about it before, it's not like he forced DPJ off the roster. It's not like he no, was right. so good that they had to create a spot for right. him. It was it was simply a business move with DPJ. They knew he wasn't coming back. I mean, he was the best of all of the mid to late receivers that they've taken. Yes. And they've already the moved on. He was late. He was a six. Yeah. yeah. You look at the threes that they missed. Did I see Anthony Schwartz got picked up by he someone? Did. Miami. Yeah. They need more. No, no, no. He didn't get picked up. He was yeah. that, that was it. That's interesting to me because he fits their mold. Oh, yeah. I mean, can you, he can fly. I mean, what are they? They're building a four by one team that could <laughs> yeah, beat right. most Olympic countries. It's, it's insane the speed yeah. that they're collecting down there. But unless he learns how to catch, it's not going to matter. Yeah, no. Yeah, receiver is part of the title. Yeah. You know, you had one job. Yeah, right. And he certainly didn't do it here. All right, so we, we agree there's pretty wide gap between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson right now. Right he, now. He yeah. could at least make some moves to sort of close that. He could that. still come out and throw for 280 on Sunday. Would that really surprise anyone no, if he throws for 280 and three touchdowns? No, I don't, I don't would think you be it surprised? would. I wouldn't be surprised. Can they go score for score, though, with Baltimore? Depends on the defense. Yeah. If the defense turns him over and gives him a short field, yeah. Do I now? But again, this Browns offense is not built for coming from behind. If you fall, if they fall down two scores early, that's that's. Although we said the same thing at San Francisco and they came back. Yeah. San Francisco was ten nothing, wasn't it? And I I remember thinking, well, that's that. I mean, by and, the way, have yeah, you they're not built to come Seattle, from behind. Seattle was the same way. Seattle by the way, the have way. you seen a more misleading stat than where the Browns are ranked in rushing yards? Well, I mean, it's because Nick Chubb, they were number one when they had Chubb. Well, that's, I mean, it's only that's part a of it. game It's also half. because, contrary to popular belief, they run the ball a lot. Sure. And so, like last week, they ran the ball like, what? 40 times. 40 times? Something like that. They were only averaging like three yards a carry. I don't they, even think it was three yards He stuck carry. with it. But their running game is not very good, the Browns. No, it is not. It's not very good. And I think we're going to talk about this later on, so I don't want to get into it too much, but... I, I'm just scratching my head saying, where do you even go? Like, who's your horse? You don't have one right now. They do not have their horse. And I don't know how a team can make a playoff run if you don't know who you're running. you you got to have a running back. I don't agree with that. Uh, I know you don't. You think it, that this it, is a passing well, league, but I think you still have to have a running back. If Deshaun Watson plays up to expectations, you don't need a running back. Yeah, well, if Deshaun Watson, right now. if our goal for Deshaun Watson is going to be just don't turn it over, well, yeah, then you need a running back. By the way, I keep hearing that talk, though. I yeah. mean, it is important, but he's got to do more than just not turn it over. Yeah, that's <laughs> not why the Browns brought him here is to just not turn it over. No, they, he needs they to brought him in here more. to be a star. Yeah, I, we no. talked the first time. I always get this feeling when I watch the Ravens. I, when they showed John Harbaugh on the sidelines, I'm like, no, there, there's an adult. There is a coach that I, I could have confidence in. He just feels like he's out coaching every team he, he plays against. I'm sure he doesn't. But that part of this equation scares me too. Just because Harbaugh always figures out what the weakness is and how to attack it. You mentioned they're going to double Amari on they every should. single play. I don't know how they you know why? Wouldn't. When you look at that graphic that we keep showing about wide receivers and their yards on the season, 270, 270 yards 
is the second leading receiver on this offense through eight games. Guys. That's pitiful. That's 30 yards a game. Yeah. I don't again, even know. I don't even know how they're five it, and three. Again, a lot of that is the quarterback play. It, that 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 definitely factors in. The quarterback play has been awful overall. Yeah, I mean, and, it, and it goes back. I wrote about it after the game on Sunday. What is the staple of this Browns offense right now? What's the identity of the offense? They don't have one. It's it's heavy sets. It's extra linemen. It's extra tight ends. It's screen passes, play action, and take a shot on third down. Like that's it. Well, that's screen what it passes is right has been the strength of their offense. Absolutely. So I mean, and that's I mean, think about that. that. Yeah, think about that. The strength right. of the offense and in is the long, like in the short term, that's fine, but long term, that can't be the offense. No. It's not going to work. You know, you didn't give up three first round picks and pay a ton of. I know some people get uptight when you bring up the money, but I'm going to bring it up. You didn't give up three first round picks and pay a ton of money to throw for a guy passes. to throw screen passes all day. <laughs> well, it's okay for you to bring it up. I know that a lot of people do get angry when you bring yeah. up the money. Oh, I don't care. I but mean, it's I know part of that, the equation. That is the elephant in the room. If 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 Joe Burrow doesn't play well, I'm going to bring up his money. And if the reason Patrick Mahomes doesn't this, play well, I'm going to bring up his money. The reason it's part of this. Yeah. Let's just say it was one thirty guaranteed. You've got options. Yeah. The two thirty cements him in that position for five years. He can't do anything. So I think it's and look, G's question yesterday, and I think his assertion was. You know, why are you picking on Deshaun? That's what it felt like when he was here. I know you guys weren't here. If I'm wrong and mischaracterizing that guy, step in. But didn't it feel like his assertion yesterday was everybody's being so mean to Deshaun? You know, he said the, 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 chat, the, the chat room comments, Twitter. He watched the postgame show on, on one of the local stations here. I, and he said everybody was being yeah, mean. I just don't think you can worry about that stuff anyway. But. No, I know. But part of that is, it's just like an A-Rod yeah. uh, signed the big contract he signed with Texas. There are expectations. You put a bullseye on your that's back. That's right. And, you know. That's part of getting the money is you got to play at a high level. That's it. That's it. There's that pressure is, to succeed. So, I mean, don't apologize gonna, for leaving that. No, and he's not going to get any benefit of the doubt because of the off-the-field stuff. Whether you like it or not, that the it benefit of the in. doubt goes away. And I mentioned that And he has too. not played well. No, he has that's not. That's it. Let me ask you guys this. Deshaun is an ultra-competitive guy. We heard David say that yesterday, even uh, going back to his days at Clemson. Yes. This is, I think, the first time, and correct me if I'm wrong, in week one, I guess you could say Burrow in that category, but this is the first time where Deshaun going up against the quarterback where they both feel good. Joe Burrow was dealing with the ankle or the, the calf injury in week one, where he has a chance to kind of go, I don't say mano e mano because obviously quarterbacks don't go against each other, but this is a chance for him to kind of plant the flag and say, all right, Lamar, I know you're in the MVP conversation. I'm going to get back there too. Do you guys still believe Deshaun has that? Alpha mentality in there to step his game up to go know. against that's some a, of the best quarterbacks. That's I mean, a great I think it's fair, the fact that we're asking the question is is disturbing. It, it, it is disturbing, yes. but I'll tell you this: if you just go by body question? language, it, you, you said the alpha dog. Well, he's got to be supremely confident. One of the things I can say he is not definitively is extremely confident. I thought he showed some confidence in the second half. I yeah, thought but, the cockiness was there, and I, and I want to see that because I, I think that's been missing. Yeah, but boy, when he's playing poorly, he looks like someone stole his puppy. No, that's true. But I thought the second half, he played decently, decently. So I get carried away, played decently. And, uh, but I, I think it's still in there, but I'm questioning it. Sure, it's fair to question whether it's still in yeah, there. I think it's a good question. It's certainly fair. 
But you know but what? But he has a chance. You go yeah. out and you beat Lamar Jackson and play 34 great. to 10. Yeah. And you put up three touchdowns and 300 yards and you run for one. All of a sudden, because that's right. You, it's your mantra. It's a week-to-week league. That's right. You want to change minds? Oh yeah. Go do that. Nobody's gonna be like every anybody. If he plays a great game and kicks ass and they win, anybody criticizing him next week's gonna sound like an idiot. Everyone will declare he's back. Yes. If he throws, 100%. if he throws for three hundred and three touchdowns, yes. Say, okay, they, and then we'll be expecting will. that the rest of the year. But I did. I got. I got an email yesterday on my channel three, which made me laugh. It was they watched the show and they were commenting on the show and they'd watched it later in the day. And the commenter said, you know, you said he was brought here to win games like this. Uh, you know, if he doesn't win, it doesn't mean that he can never be that guy. I, I never said that. Right. What my point was, he, these are games that this is why he's here. Yeah. I so mean, you, you've got to play well in these games. So And, and it also was excuse-making before the game. That's right. He was saying, well, if he doesn't play well, it doesn't mean that he can't be a great quarterback again. And that's true. But the more games you go like this where you don't play well, the less likely it seems you will become that the guy. The more that cement dries. Right. It's not over no. if he doesn't. And like, listen. And I, don't, I also don't think if he goes out there and balls out that now we can proclaim he's back. I think but, he will, but it doesn't to. necessarily mean it's the case. But, yeah. you, but yeah. your confidence is going to ebb and flow sure. based on every game. You can't get there without playing well in this game. But That's I also right. think it's really important to keep, regardless of what the numbers look like on Sunday, and we say it all the time, <laughs> if you're on the field, you got to perform. Yeah. He is not 100%. He is not going to be 100%. So he could be like this all year. It could look like an EKG. <clears throat> For the rest of the year, yeah, and it doesn't mean he's going to be a bust for the next three years. It yeah. means he's where is with where the, is the shoulder though? In because terms it, of it's as good as it can be. He made throws that made me say, "That's a healthy arm." Then he made other throws that made me say, "What is he doing?" And that's why that, I think that's it's what Bernie be told like us though. Yeah, Bernie, Bernie talked about that exactly sudden twitch in the muscle when you go to release the football. Like if that's the case, you're holding your breath for the whole season. I mean, yeah. he had he had I think probably three throws Sunday that were just. He just ripped them. They were spectacular. They were darts. In windows. Yeah. yeah. Difficult throws to make. Some of them, you know, outside the numbers, long throws. So you know it's there. But it can is there. he get to it consistently when he needs it? I don't know. Yeah, that's I don't know if he question. can or not. That, that's a big question. we uh, got to bring in Leroy Hort here, guys. And before we do that, I want to let the good people of the world know that tonight, Behind the Glass makes its return. 7 o'clock. I think we agreed on 7 o'clock. Yep, they're giving me the nod. 7 o'clock tonight. Myself, Anthony, and Earl will be talking all things Browns. Deshaun Watson's talking right now, so if he says anything interesting, we'll not only discuss it on the show, but we'll get a little more in-depth tonight on Behind the Glass. We'll talk a little Cavs and their West Coast road trip, which begins tonight. Some behind-the-scenes stories and much, much more. That is tonight, Behind the Glass at 7 o'clock. And with that, let's welcome in Leroy Horde, our resident running back. What's up, Leroy? What's up? What's up? How you doing, Leroy? Everything good? I feel good, man. Uh... Watch the Browns game. You guys weren't kidding. He made a couple of throws. You were like, holy smokes. This, right. this is why he's playing here. And 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 then he had a couple of them. And and the thing is, is that with a rotator cuff, right? There's four muscles. Don't know which one is injured. Don't know, you know, there's some fluid in there or whatever. And one time you can lift your arm and it's great. And one time you can lift your arm and it's terrible. Right. And I can't and 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 you don't like I, I can't explain it. I, I, I know that, you know, it's something you deal with, 
And the only thing that's going to fix it is about three months off. And, and, and still, and he still may need to have it repaired. So yeah. I'm going to be patient with this, but it felt good to see him be able to rip the ball a few times, right? To, to where at least you got an idea that, um, you know, one, the thing that I like seeing was he was making pretty good decisions. Whether he executed them or not was a different story, right? Um, it was a good week to get back. He probably had a little more time than he would normally have. Um, and, and, and I would hope that he can build on this. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm glad to see that he's playing. Um, when you see some of the throws that he makes, you see why the Browns did what they did. When you see other throws, you see why he sat out a couple of weeks. And I thought after watching him struggle with a couple of throws, I'm like, how in the hell did he even try to play after one week? Because it looked, you know what I mean? But like, look how long it's been for him to be able to throw like maybe 15 balls, or like really yeah. rip 15 balls. So um, it's going to be a process. I do think that what helps is that you can still rely on that run game. Can you, you still got the defense, huh? I don't you? agree with you at all, Leroy. Yeah. I think their run game is subpar. I, I think it has I think it has more to do with the circumstance in which they were running. Right? Um it it never seemed like when I watched the game, it never seemed like they were committed to running the football. Right, it almost seemed like that was a game we gonna try to get Deshaun Watson back in action. But they ran it forty times. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like you can still look. You can do something a lot, and it still don't look right. Okay. Right. But you like, trust it, the backs it, it, they're it just, using. Yeah. Who's the horse? No. Here's here, here's who back? I trust. Here, here's who I trust. I trust that offensive line. That that's that's where I'm going with that. Right, and and so when I would lean on them, and and what I would do is is I think they're trying to run the football to everybody's skill set, and so it looks clunky when you try to take these little backs and run them way outside. Right, I'm tired of seeing that. Like you want to be a running back, you got to run in between the tackles. You can bounce it, but I'm not running sweeps with you. Like it's too, it, it, it's running, running those sweeps with those running backs is too hit or miss, right? And here's what I can't afford. I can't afford second and 14. I can deal with second and seven, but I can't deal with second and 14 because you ran a sweep and, and didn't get back to the line of scrimmage. And that's what, that's what it seems like they're doing. They're trying to use, you know, Ford and try to get him outside and use his speed don't put players, especially a running back, don't try to make a running back, don't determine where a running back runs. Just let him use his eyes, and, and if he gets there, fine. You got to just run to your strength, the strength of your team, and let the running back make it happen. They're trying to put these running backs a lot of times and say, oh, he's a fast guy, we're going to run sweeps with him and counters and stuff like that. Nope. 
I want all the running backs doing the same stuff. It's just going to look different because they all have different skill sets. Who's the horse of this group? I don't know if you're going to have you. I don't know if you're ever going to have a horse like you know Nick Chubb. I, I don't well, think. I, no, I I know what you mean. You, clearly, if I had to, I would say. If I had to, I would say Jerome. Who are you leaning on when you need the three or four yards? Who is that guy? Well, when you need three or four yards, this guy be Kareem. I think so too. Because I because I think the other two guys uh, get nervous and try to run around everybody. Um. So yeah, that's what I think that is. But but still, um. You know, I think you have to, even though they ran it a lot, did it ever seem like they were actually committed to it? It almost seemed like they were running it a lot because they didn't want to throw it a lot, right? So make it part of the game plan. Make it a, make a conscious effort to be physical up front. Make a conscious effort to, to get the run game going, and they'll be fine. Because, you know, before a couple of weeks, they were running the ball really good with, with Nick Chubb out. And it's still not, and look, guess what? They're still top five running the football. So as much as you're unhappy with, you know, the results the last couple of weeks and how they've been running the football, the overall season uh, and the overall uh, output that they've had running the football has been pretty good. Yeah, but that's because of Nick Chubb and because they run it. I mean, their total rushing yards is high. But if you look at yards per carry, they, they stink without Chubb. That, that's, listen, that's okay. If you can run the ball 40 times, you're dominating the line of scrimmage. If you, if, because, look, it's very easy for a team to put you in a situation where you can't run the ball that much. You see what I mean? So, um, and, yep. and you know who you know used to do this? Bill Cowher. Bill Carr would say, I don't care if I got to run it 40 times for 100 yards. It's the 40 carries that the other team is allowing me to have. Yeah, because you got to be moving the football. You got to have a lot of first downs right. in there to run it right. 20 times. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So you have to put it in the context that if you were able to run the ball 40 times and still win a football game, the yardage isn't as important as the carries. Right. The but time that's of possession. But you'd admit, Leroy, it's a lot easier to do against the Arizona Cardinals than it will be against yes, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going there at all. Yeah. yeah. But but I will say this: if you're if you play Baltimore and Baltimore let you run it forty times, they ain't got the ball, and you still control the line of scrimmage sure. regardless of how many yards you have because you can't just run it forty times. You have to have some type of production in order to get that many carries. Right. So while we're looking at yards per carry and we're looking at how many total yards or whatever, the 40 carries is the most important part. Because if you can run the ball 40 times, that means that you're controlling that line of scrimmage. You're controlling the time of possession. Yeah, you're, that's no 20 minutes. What. That's fair. That's 20 minutes right. worth of, run, uh, exactly. worth of game Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. See, Leroy, I think what, we uh, – hey, go, go ahead. I was going to say, what would be your plan? Like, obviously, we know the Ravens are well-coached. If they're smart, they're probably going to double-team Amari Cooper the whole game. Mm -hmm. So, like, I I don't know why teams haven't done that more because nobody, none of the other wide receivers have done much. And a lot of that's on the quarterback play. But still, like, what do you – if they're double-teaming Amari Cooper all the time, why – well, first of all, explain to me why teams wouldn't do that all the time knowing that the other wide receivers have been ineffective. Is there a reason teams wouldn't do that more often? You know what I hate more than anything in football? 
double teaming a receiver. Mm. Because he's still got 50 by 50 to run. How the hell are you going to guard him with two guys? You're wasting a guy. You can go man underneath and run around with him and then have a deep guy that's roaming the field. But if you come up and try to double one guy, all you got to do is run around on one of the guys. The other guy can't run on top of him. It's a wasted guy. Mm. And people don't realize that. Even when they used to, when when I ran routes and got doubled, it was the dumbest thing in the world. I just look at one of them and run around on him. Where the other guy going to go? He don't know where I'm going. It's interesting. So point. it's dumb. Why don't they, why don't they, they don't have to. Hmm. Amari Cooper can still get open against double coverage. You ever see guys get doubled? It's always, they're always chasing. Oh, he threw it in the double coverage. That other guy ain't in the play. It's a wasted defender. So how would you defend so, him then? How do you defend Amari then when he's the only weapon? How, how would I defend him? Yeah. I'd play zone. I would never play a man, right? And and I'd always play zone. If you want to play man, you can play man underneath and then have, hey, you know, uh, two deep safeties or whatever to kind of roam the field if he should try to go deep. But the, the problem with, with Amari is, he's, is not only is he a great route runner, Right? But he can, he can go up and high point the ball and catch the hell out of the football. And so you ever notice when he caught that ball uh, down on the right side of the field, um, he I think he came up a little bit short, right? You see those two Cardinals chasing him? He was doubled. And what good was that? There it is right there. Doubled. Yeah. So what? You can't – double coverage don't mean nothing. I see Randy Moss getting chased by three guys. That means he get to run away from three guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it, like, it, it's, you know, a lot of times they do, you know, the, you know, they'll do man underneath, so they'll have somebody chase him around, then have a safety over the top, right? right? That would eliminate that play we just saw. But to have two guys chasing him, like, come on. So now you got two guys in the back instead of one. So I don't think doubling him is the answer. But here's what it's going to boil down to, in all honesty. Because I do think Baltimore is going to have a better game plan after seeing what Amari Cooper has done and think they're going to go into this game like I would and say, I'm going to make these other guys beat me. Which, which, what, are you, what, are, what are these other receivers going to do? And they're going to have to make a play. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And that's what football is. Everybody got stars on their team, right? Sometimes you can shut them down, sometimes you can't. But if you want to win football games, if they shut down your star players, somebody else got to get make a play. You getting paid too. I know on your on your contract, it don't say to be Amari's backup. <laughs> it say to play professional football. So you got to go out and make plays. All these speed guys running around, getting over, get, make a play. That's football. And somebody else got to pick it up. It's like the run game. You don't have Nick Chubb? That is no excuse. The Browns have an excellent run game because of what they do up front. Somebody else got to be more productive. Simple as that. Yeah. We started the Nobody's show talking. Gonna give you exa- Nobody gave anybody excuse for being hurt, right? Nope. Oh, well, no, somebody no else come in. No right, pass. no pass. Leroy, we started the show by asking the question about the gap between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson right now. Because once mm-hmm. upon a time, they were in the same conversation. They were yes. very similar players. 
mm-hmm. we all agreed that there's a cavern right now between Lamar and Deshaun. We asked our viewers, and I, 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 you I'm, can't be surprised. I'm not surprised because <laughs> this is what we this is where it's a Cleveland sports Wait, show. But you can't ask on. a fan. You can't ask a fan. Exactly, but yeah. we do these kind of things because we like to talk about it. But Lamar, Lamar won our poll. It was basically Lamar or Deshaun. Who right. he got, and Lamar got fifty-four percent of the vote, and Deshaun got forty-six percent of the vote. Well, here's well, well, here's why you can't ask that question, Jay. One, you could pick Dan Marino if he put on a Baltimore Ravens uniform. It's gonna be close. Because people ain't going to vote for him because he played for Baltimore. Yeah. Simple I as know, that. but it's just stunning but to me. Like, fans are petty. Fans are petty. Yeah. You like It has nothing to do with making – Now, I mean, here's he, what I was saying. To prove your point, Leroy, to, just, to, just yeah. to prove your point, we all know what's going on. I'm so sick of hearing about it, yet I'm going to bring it up. I, w- I, I, can't, I don't want to see one more tweet about this stupid Michigan situation. Personally, I don't give a rat's ass about it. I know everybody's talking about it. I don't care. Uh-huh. And all the Michigan fans are defending Michigan, and everybody else is killing them. Yeah. You, you know damn well if the same thing had happened to Ohio State, Ohio State fans would be defending it, sure. and Michigan fans would be killing them. Yeah. Because all fans, are, all fans are right. hypocrites Correct. for their team. Right. But, but here's what I would say. Here's all I said about this. Yeah. Right? Here's what I hate about all these things that go on in college football. And I call it the Pete Carroll syndrome, right? They had some, some, some stuff going in USC. Reggie Bush get his Heisman Trophy taken away. The head coach go make more money in the NFL. Yeah. Okay? So what I would say is in situations like this, them kids ain't got nothing to do with this. Don't penalize them. But what you do is you take all that money and you give it to the rest of the Big Ten. If, okay? if they're found guilty. Right. So I, I didn't mean to go down that road. No, I know. I, but I, example, I, no, but, no yeah, yeah. I plan no. on asking Leroy his yeah. thoughts on this whole thing anyhow, yeah, yeah. just because I know no. Leroy is a proud Michigan guy, and I, we, don't, we still don't have all the facts. Now, right. <laughs> the way the wind is blowing – it feels mm-hmm. like a storm is headed towards Ann Arbor. But what are your thoughts, just as an alum and as a, as a proud former player, when you hear all of this, because Dion said, so what? Even if you know what's coming, you still have to stop it. Here's, Where are here's, you here's, on all of this? Here is the, the, the thing that I hate about this surrounding sports, right? We are all... The, the whole point of sport is me competing against the other guy, right? Right, fairly. I lived, I played my entire football career based on confrontations, right? Meaning that I know that I was going to face somebody that wasn't blocked or barely blocked or free. And that wasn't an excuse to get tackled. And I played my whole career based on that. Right. Now you're telling me that it's an advantage to know that I'm coming. No, no, Leroy, that's so, not. It's an advantage to know whether you're passing or running. You know that. Not, no. It, yeah, you, so I disagree we, with oh, that. Listen, here, and this is the part of competition that bothers me. Just because you got to, you know what, Randy Moss, 
Hell, Jerry Rice ran slants for 15 years, and nobody still couldn't stop it. I get that, Leroy, but in certain situations in the game, there's a reason they call a play in the huddle. And, and they if don't it didn't help, they wouldn't the do it. It's just like and, the steroid and if they, guys. If it, if it didn't, didn't help, help they to know what it. was coming, why did they go to such pains to do yes. it? And I've talked to a lot of former NFL players about this and a lot of people that played in college but never NFL. And the vast majority of them said, just like in baseball, hell yeah, it's an advantage if I know you're throwing a fastball or a curveball. And in football, mean, most but, of them but, said the same thing. Yes, you still have to stop it. And yes, you will have inherent advantages when you have superior players like the ones you mentioned, Randy Moss, Jerry Rice. But when all things are equal, if I know you're running or I know you're passing, I, I, you have to admit, you have an advantage when it comes to stopping that. That's half the battle. We know what you're going to do. I mean, I guess. Like, I, I still... <laughs> like, they, hey... That like as we show the play with Amari Cooper getting doubled and him running by two guys, right? <laughs> like it but just still, Leroy, it, it, you're going to put more I, guys I, in the box if you're running. You know that. Yeah, but, and here's the other thing. Like I don't want and and look and and I'm gonna be honest about this is that something's gonna happen. I would be more inclined to penalize the school. And not yeah, the sure. players. Not the players. What about the coaches? You know what? Coaches, coaches, here. Coaches can get that money back. Coaches can get those years back. A player cannot get college eligibility back. Very true. And yeah, they, so the kids that the, the the people that end up paying more than anybody are the kids who are gonna be ridiculous. gone in a couple of years However, anyway. That's what I that's what I'm unless you did something. Unless yourself. you were involved in it. Yeah. Correct. But, but Leroy, I will say this. In the old days, the player didn't have an option because if he want, you know, you're put on probation. Well, hell, if I transfer, I have to sit a year. That's not the case that's, anymore. That's true. You want to leave Michigan? You want to go to Ohio State and play there next fall? You can do but that it, now. Right, but here's, here's what I would say. Um, under no circumstance would I have gone to play for another school. Like, you, you, it, it's not... To some people, it's not that easy. Well, so you know what, what it was. Times have changed. Yeah, loyalty's different. Your well, your brain is dead, yeah, Leroy, yeah. and I agree with you. I, guess, I feel the same way. But today's players, you know, my, my son's a track coach at Rutgers, and he said, "Dad, the recruiting cycle never stops. In the old days, right. you got a kid, you could relax, and now I want to make my team better. You're you're recruiting that kid every year, every year. through mm-hmm. the year. Do something right. that one of them doesn't like one time." Now you have to re-recruit the kid. It's crazy. Last thing, Leroy, last thing having nothing to do with college. Your Miami Uh Dolphins, they're a complete fraud. Are they not? Will you admit they're a fraud? No. No. Why? Here's here's how I look at the Miami Dolphins, Mm -hmm. right? The three teams that they've lost to have been consistent, um, consistent, um, fighting for a championship for the last three or four years. You just got to the party. So you basically a grade two horse running in a grade one race. Mm. You got to get there. All right? Stop stop treating Miami like they're equal with all those teams. They ain't there yet. They ain't got the experience yet. They got to go through even the coach, the players. Everybody has to go through that. So to sit here and say they're frauds, 
Because after one year of going nine and eight, you expect them to be fourteen and three. I didn't expect it's them to be crazy. fourteen and three. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. That's that's but that's the way people make it sound like, oh, all of a sudden they're supposed to compete with these teams. Yeah. Listen, they got some learning to do. They got some growing to do. Coaching staff, players, everybody. You don't learn from those situations unless you're in those situations. They'll get better at it. Okay? They have it the may worst. not be this year. It may be next year. I don't know. But mm. I do know you don't just wake up and end up being able to just compete with everybody. You got to go through some of these things. Yeah, it's a progression. Worst strength sure. of victory in the entire NFL. Well, they're 6-0 and or 0-6 against teams with winning records. And? 0-3. Yeah, and only three. Seen, look, they're six and zero against teams with losing. And, 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 and guess what? Here's the thing that sucks about all this. We're doing strength of schedule now. You, did you see what the strength of schedule was before the season started? Sure, it's when some change. of these teams we thought were going to be good, yeah. now they suck. It yeah. always right. changes. So it always changes. They don't make the schedule. Right. So look, and, and the great thing about where the Browns are, and the great thing where the Dolphins are. You gotta play those teams. You you gotta you gonna play Buffalo again. You gotta play Dallas. You gotta play Baltimore. So it's all in front of you. Sure. So at the end of this year, at this season, you beat two of those three teams, and you on a little bit of a run. The narrative will change. It's a long season. I'm not sitting here nitpicking. Oh, you you know you didn't beat the Super Bowl champs last year, and oh, you know what? Kansas City never looks flustered. You know why? Been there, done that. Yeah, that's very true. Right. Very true. You know what? You look at you look at Philadelphia, and look at their quarterback. Never phased. Been there, done that. Right. The only team of all those teams that look like they're going through some stuff, and they always do this, is Buffalo. You never can tell what they're doing. Yeah. You can't. You can't. You don't know whether. He, right. Exactly. You look at Baltimore. You can say what you want about Baltimore or Pittsburgh. Some kind of way, they always going to be in the hunt. That took years to build. You don't build that overnight. So you see a team that does well early on in the season, and then they lose to some good teams, and all of a sudden, oh, they're frauds. They're frauds. No, they're just not there yet. That's mm. it. And, and That's it. Leroy, to your point about Baltimore and Pittsburgh, what's fascinating to me about both of those franchises is the fact that they've had roster turnover just like every other team in the NFL. Yep. But it's also culture. And the culture, like in Pittsburgh, that culture has been there since the 70s. Yeah. And there have been a few hiccups over the last 50 years. But for the you most part, they defy the NFL's talent cycle. And so you does know what Baltimore. I appreciate, you know what I appreciate what Pittsburgh does? They pick a guy. They, they make sure they pick the right guy, and then they sit back and let him do his That's thing. exactly right. And fans and everybody get all flustered, and we want him out, and the ownership says, kick rocks, that's our guy. That well, is they don't exactly have the quarterback, right. so they're not going anywhere. That, but that means something. You're right. It does. It does. They, they, they pick, the key is they pick the right guy. Not the quarterback, you don't though. No, no, no. Time. He's talking about the head coach. He's talking about the head right. Like, you get you the right guy the in the building, them. and right. – like, granted, they haven't had playoff success in the last decade or whatever. I mean, that's got to mean something, though. No? I know, but the, see, there's a downside to staying on the top side of the talent cycle. You're supposed to flush. 
and and because you don't, don't, and this happened in New England, because you're always mediocre or making the playoffs, you're not getting those early picks in the draft. And that's that you're supposed to. It's supposed to be an evolution. Right, but I can't blame fans for being a little frustrated that they haven't won a playoff. Game I don't blame them either. Yeah. But you know what? When I look at them, I laugh. I go, huh, yeah, you've been there. Right, but the more you win, the higher your expectations go as a fan. Sure, exactly. You know? But you know what? If I have to yeah, compare their have life here. to mine as a fan, yeah. give me theirs. Yeah, sure. Give me theirs. Here, here's, Leroy, the, here's we, the problem. We're so impatient that we don't realize that it doesn't get turned turned around overnight. And you need some kind of consistency in the building. If you start changing things and firing coaches and getting rid of quarterbacks and doing this and this and this, you go into a cycle like well, uh, the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All right. starting over so, often. Let's do Rick. let's do a lightning round, Leroy, because uh, I, sure. uh, we only got a minute here. Uh, okay, you never really answered. We you, we sort of got sidetracked with the Michigan stuff. Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson or Lamar Jackson? Give me thirty seconds on that. I would say Lamar Jackson is is. Uh, much farther ahead of Deshaun Watson for this reason. Lamar Jackson has evolved as a quarterback. He came into the league as an athlete. He now throws the ball extremely well, right? He makes plays with his arm and his feet. That is a unique thing to have and to come into the league and progress and get to that point. Um, Deshaun Watson, he hasn't played in a while. We don't know where he is. Can he put three or four? We, I want to see him play three or four or five weeks in a row so he can get it going. Absolutely. Okay, now this one, um, we'll go back to the Michigan thing because we're running out of time. Give me three mm-hmm. adjectives for how you feel as an alum about what's going on in Michigan right now. Um, confused. Disappointed. And worried. I'm worried for the kids because they don't get, you know, they don't get the the, the length of a career that the coaches get. Um, the only people that are going to get punished in this at the in the end are the kids, where they have to go somewhere else, right. where, whatever. And and so if they didn't do anything, why are we penalizing them? You mentioned Pete Carroll, Jim Harwell being the NFL next year. So whatever comes down, I, I already wait, I already said, wait wait. I'll tell you where he's going to coach. Detroit? And I don't know nothing. No, it's not going to Detroit. Oakland? No, hell no. He's going to the Los Angeles Chargers. Or the Vegas. What about the Bears? He ain't going to Vegas. They ain't got no damn quarterback. No, what about the Bears? If, hold on. If those three jobs come available, you go and get Justin Herbert. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You're right. Yeah, no, there's no question which one is more favorable. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that might be an interesting fit, too. All right, Leroy, great stuff, See man. You, Enjoy the game. We'll talk Thanks, to you guys. next week. All righty. Peace out. Yeah, Sandy, he, or the Chargers, that would be a pretty yeah, good fit. Yeah, I mean, you got, I mean the, you got a good quarterback there. Yeah, interesting. He went to a Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick. Damn near won it. Yep. Yeah. Colin you Kaepernick give him a guy played. like Justin Herbert, I agree. He, yeah. I think this is just a fait accompli. He's, yeah. he's in the oh, whole he's definitely He almost left the last career. couple of years. He did. He, he almost left. He's, and I said I hate the topic, and then I brought it up. Michigan <laughs> offered a contract extension that would have made him the highest paid coach and according to reports, they pulled that offer. Yeah. So this is this is headed yeah, for yeah. divorce. I, I think it's been Ricky at warp speed. It's been Ricky for. A I don't think years. they should boot. Yep. I don't think they should be booted out of the college football playoff. By the way, uh, I think if they beat Ohio State, they should play for the national championship. Yeah, boy, you're in the minority. I, on I, that. I know, but yeah, I, 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 I think so. You're in the minority. So.